Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture, we recently did a series of programs on flood legends from around the world. Mm -hmm. And in the process of studying them, we discussed eight different cultures and their stories. That's right, Scott. And those eight different stories of cultures from North and South America, Europe, Asia, the Middle East, and the South Pacific— were just the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. Very true. You got a lot of information about the different flood legends from a book entitled Flood Legends, Global Clues of a Common Event. And then you actually interviewed its author, Charles Martin. Yes. Charles was a very interesting guest. And I felt like many of his experiences were similar to mine, especially as they related to coming to a firm conviction about the trustworthiness of the biblical record. For him... When he learned other cultures and people groups from all over the entire world had global flood stories in their literature, he set out to study those legends and in the process became convinced there truly was a global flood. The Genesis account, of course, being the true and accurate record of what actually happened. He said he personally studied between 50 and 100 different accounts. (laughs) And Charles mentioned another person named Nick Ligori, who wrote a book entitled Echoes of Ararat, which included over 300 different stories from, get this, just the Western Hemisphere. Mm. But given all the information we covered, Scott, in those programs about flood legends from around the world, There was something I think is very important that we did not discuss, at least directly. Oh, what was that? We didn't look at the Hebrew culture's account. Of course. (laughs) The flood story written in Genesis. Yes, I referred to it many times and mentioned this or that detail that was also recorded in some other culture's version. But we didn't look at the flood account in the Bible in its totality or, frankly, in much detail. So, since we did that for the Greek and Babylonian and Indian flood stories, to just name a few, I think we should study the Hebrew flood story. That is a great idea, Dr. Scripture. (laughs) Well, thank you. And before we start, you're talking about over three chapters of Genesis, Mm -hmm. six, seven, eight, and part of nine. How many programs do you think this is going to take? (laughs) Well, Scott, I make no promises, (laughs) but I'm sure we won't cover it all in today's program. (laughs) Well, that's for sure. So where do we start? Uh, Well, how about the first mention of the main character of the story? All right. Now, you pointed out that the flood story is recorded in chapters 6, 7, 8, and 9 of Genesis. But the genealogy of Adam up to Noah and his sons is found in Genesis chapter 5. So, Scott, let's start reading at Genesis 5, 25. Okay. And Methuselah lived 187 years and became the father of Lamech. Then Methuselah lived 782 years after he became the father of Lamech, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. And Lamech lived 182 years and became the father of a son. Now he called his name Noah, saying, This one shall give us rest from our work and from the toil of our hands arising from the ground, which the Lord has cursed. Then Lamech lived 595 years after he became the father of Noah, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. And Noah was 500 years old. And Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. 
Okay, well, that actually ends Genesis chapter 5 and the genealogy. So, Scott, who was Noah in relationship to Methuselah? Noah was Methuselah's grandson. Correct. And it's pretty well known that Methuselah lived longer than any other person in recorded history. Yep. 19 years longer even than Noah. But there's an interesting detail in the numbers when we jump ahead and find out when the flood occurred. So now we're going to read Genesis 7:11, which, by the way, I would identify as an anchor verse for the whole flood account. I'm sure this will be just the first of many times that we're going to read Genesis 7-11. So, Scott, I'll give you the honor. Well, I am honored. (laughs) Genesis 7-11 says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on the same day, all the fountains of the great deep burst open, and the floodgates of the sky were opened. Okay, so how old was Noah when the flood hit? 600 years old. Mm -hmm. Now let's do some math. Oh, no. (laughs) This is basic addition, Scott. Okay. In Genesis 5, 28, we were told Lamech was 182 when he had Noah. The flood then came when Noah was 600. So 182 plus 600 equals... 782. Correct. So Lamech would have been 782 when the flood came. But... How old was Lamech when he died? Genesis 5.31 says he was 777. (laughs) So Lamech died five years before the flood came. Yeah. And Dr. Scripture, even though 777 years old is ridiculously old today, (laughs) that was quite a bit younger than the lifespans of the rest of the pre-Diluvian patriarchs who had all lived to be 900 plus years old. Yeah. And we like to speculate why he didn't live so long. But we really have no information to make a judgment. So Lamech, Noah's father, died five years before the flood. But how about his grandfather, Methuselah? How old was Methuselah when he had Lamech? Genesis 5.25 says he was 187. And Lamech was 182 when he had Noah, making Methuselah 187 plus 182, 369 years old when Noah was born. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood hit. So, a simple calculation, 369 plus 600 equals... 969 years. Which is... That's how old Methuselah was when he died. Right. So, Methuselah died the same year as the flood. Okay, did he die in the flood? Hmm. Or maybe did God wait until he died to send the flood? (laughs) Well, again, as in the case of Lamech, It's really tempting to speculate, isn't it? Yep. Now, generally, and certainly not in every situation, but generally, it seems the Lord rewards those who live godly lives with long life. So I'd like to think that Methuselah was a godly man, and God in his kindness waited for Methuselah to die a natural death. And in that way, Methuselah did not have to get on the ark before the Lord judged the world with the flood. But just like with Lamech, we don't know the circumstances surrounding his death for sure. What we do know for sure, though, is Noah and his immediate family was spared from the flood because it tells us in Genesis 6, verses 8 and 9, quote, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah 
walked with God, unquote. Hmm. I know I've read that passage many, many times, and I'm pretty sure that you have referenced it in our program. Oh, probably. (laughs) But I don't think I ever noticed the same description given to Noah that was given about Enoch. Yes, Enoch, Methuselah's father. And in Genesis 5.24, as you pointed out, Scott, it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That's amazing. Enoch was raptured. And we know that for certain. We don't just have to speculate because the words are a little ambiguous. It says, and he was not. But we know for certain because Hebrews 11.5 makes it clear. It says, quote, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God, unquote. What a great heritage Noah had. Amen. In the midst of a world that was growing so terribly wicked, generation after generation, there was Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah. Isn't it likely that they all walked with God? What a wonderful example to us that we should be like them as believers in this world that we live in, which is ever worsening in wickedness. I'll say, you know, Dr. Scripture, even though Lamech died relatively young, it seems at least when Noah was born that Lamech was looking forward to a day when righteousness would reign. Why do you say that? Because of the meaning of the name he gave his son Noah. Oh, yeah. Now, remember chapter 5, verse 29 says... Now he called his name Noah, saying, This one shall give us rest from our work and from the toil of our hands arising from the ground, which the Lord has cursed. That's right. Noah means rest in Hebrew. But what form did Lamech think that rest would take? Hmm. I mean, there's no indication God would send the flood 600 years before he did. But for several decades before he died, Lamech would have known God was going to judge the world. Because there was Noah building the ark right in front of him. How ironic. You know, the Lord brought rest to the righteous by wiping away the entire society of wickedness. You know, not by making life easy, which is what we would normally be asking for when we wanted rest. It seems Lamech was hoping the curse of the ground would somehow be removed through Noah. Well, that will happen, apparently in the millennium. But it sure didn't happen as a result of the flood. In fact, it seems the earth was made even less suitable for life after the flood. One indication of that being the dramatic decrease in lifespans after the flood. Yep. Like you mentioned, Scott, the patriarchs who lived before the flood all lived over 900 years, except Lamech and Enoch, of course, who didn't die. (laughs) So he doesn't count. There was no trend in their lifespans up to the flood, though. Here's their ages. Adam, 930, Seth, 912, Enosh, 905, Kenan, 910, Mahalalel, 895, Jared, 962, Enoch, 365, again, he doesn't count, (laughs) Methuselah, 969, Lamech, 777, and Noah, 950. So Lamech really is the odd man out there. Uh, Yeah, he is. But Noah's son, Shem, was somewhere around 100 years old at the time of the flood, and he only lived, sounds funny, he only (laughs) lived 502 years after the flood. So he died at 602 or 603, and it was all downhill from generation to generation after that. 
Dr. Scripture, could what Lamech was referring to be the promise of the Messiah? Hmm. And somehow Lamech knew Noah would be in the line to the Messiah. In other words, he was looking way forward in time, not just to what would happen in his son's day. Well, I think that's a very good point, Scott. You know, the prophecies of a coming Savior go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. True. So as we've discussed in other programs, we simply don't know how and how much the Lord communicated to his loyal people. But there was always at least a remnant of followers of Yahweh. They go back to Enosh, Adam's grandson. We're told in the last verse of Genesis chapter 4, which then introduces this genealogy we've been reading in chapter 5. Quote, And to Seth, To him also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. Then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. How many was that in Enosh's day? Again, we don't know, but we do know seven generations later, there was only Noah. Listen to Genesis 7, 1. Then the Lord sent to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household, for you alone. I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. And that's not what I say. That's what Scripture says. 